Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Anna Andrew. Yeah, so as Rohan said, um, I started a um, Christian counselling course. Um, it's going to be a degree, so I'm going to be doing it for years. Um, um, September. So a lot of my time has been spent writing essays, and which has just been a, amazing. Um, and the, the, beauty, the beautiful thing about it has been the fact that Jesus is right in the middle of it. So every essay that I write, I can bring scripture, I can disagree with what they say, I can say, but this is what the word says. Or, and most of the things that we talk about is how connected to the word that it is. So that's what I've been doing. I've been busy. Um, and as Rohan said, the last time I preached was October. Um, so some of you may be a bit scared of what I might be bringing today, if you remember what I brought in October. For those that didn't hear it, you can listen to it um, if you want to. Um, but we did a whole series called The Culture of Grace. And we talked a lot about um, God's heart for us and having this um, culture of grace where we can be honest and open and vulnerable. And we talked a lot about sexual issues and challenges and all of that kind of stuff so it's a whole series that you can if you've not heard it you can catch up on so we are continuing Romans and we're probably going to be in Romans for quite a while so the the scriptures that I've been given to bring this morning is Romans 5 11 to 21 so it's really lovely that this morning we dedicated Tabot and that um, I double checked because when I was looking at Tabot Reina, um, it, it means joy. And I thought I better just check just in case I could be saying something completely wrong. Um, but yeah, double joy, double joy. Imagine just being double joy. We, we are called to be joyful. We're called to live in the joy of our salvation. So I hope this morning that I can follow on from this joyful time that we've shared, Tabo, this morning and the gift that she is to you as family, that I hope that I can bring a word that is also full of joy. So our first scripture that I'm just going to focus on is um, 5.15. And it says, I'm actually reading from the truth, which is Pastor Collins' um, uh, translation of the New Testament. So if you've not read the truth version, um, I'd really encourage you to get it. Um, You can get it all over the place and we can get it for you if you can't find it. Um, But it's a great translation to really bring a full picture of the word of God. So it says, many died because of one man. Adam. Now through the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, God's grace flows to many and we can receive his gift of eternal life. One man brought sin and death, another man brought forgiveness and eternal life for all who believe in Jesus. So the main thing for me that stood out was grace. And grace is a fundamental part of our Christian life. It's what we first hear about, that we're saved by grace. But I just wanted to 
just reflect on what grace is today. Because sometimes we can have varying understanding of what grace is. And sometimes if we've been saved a long, long time, we know the word grace and we use the word grace, but sometimes we can forget. We can forget what that means and what that, what that, what that can be in our life. Um, so what is the grace of God? So we often, we see in scripture the two main words for grace. In Hebrew, hang on a minute, let me see if I can get this right. In Hebrew is hen. Huh? <laughs> so hen, you have to get a bit of a k in the back of the throat, so try it. Hen, hen. That's not very good. Oh, very good, Richard. Thank you. Yeah. Hen. Hen. It is like hen. H-E-N. But yeah, it's got a bit of a in it. Um, and then the Greek is charis. Any charis? Anybody called charis here? No. We do know a charis, but she's not here today. Um, which, so this, these words mean favour, value, God's approval, acceptance, unmerited and undeserved so that is what grace is and some quotes I wanted just to get a full picture of what do other people think grace is what does it look like what is it and there's a a quote that says grace is the love of God shown to the unlovely the peace of God given to the restless the unmerited favour of God. Another one is, grace is unconditional love towards a person who does not deserve it. Grace is most needed and best understood in the midst of sin, suffering and brokenness. We live in a world of earning, deserving and merit. And these result in judgment. That is why everyone wants and needs grace. Judgment kills, only grace makes us alive. Only grace makes us alive. And this one I kind of like as well. Grace is the opposite of karma which is all about getting what you deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve and not getting what you do deserve. Isn't that good? Okay, so um, I kind of want to tell you a little bit of story, my story of how I've seen grace and received grace and my journey with grace. Because like I said at the beginning, we can be at different stages of understanding God's grace. So I grew up in a Christian home. I knew right from wrong. And there was a whole load of list of things that I couldn't do. Anybody can remember that? Um, So um, I never, ever thought I was good enough. I never thought I was going to be a good enough Christian. I never thought I'd going to be acceptable to God. I never thought that I would ever live up to how a Christian should be. So this caused me just to distance myself from God and from believers 
because I couldn't measure up. I knew I couldn't do it. I couldn't be that Christian who lived that godly life. So I distanced myself. I stepped away out of fear of judgment. The truth was and is, I was never good enough or acceptable to God. But that's why we need Jesus. None of us are good enough or acceptable. But Jesus is. So he is the one that gave himself to cover my sin and your sin and our brokenness. He is the one who makes us good enough. I tell you, at college, we have to counsel each other and we're all believers. But the biggest, biggest thing is this feeling of not being good enough. But we don't have to be because through him, we are, we are good enough and acceptable. He paid the price and gave us forgiveness and makes us clean. So then years went by of my distance and then I finally got that truth that I was never going to be able to be acceptable unless through Jesus. So I recognised the need for God's grace through faith in Jesus. And I forgave, forgive, and I received forgiveness. And I was a changed person. It does. Grace changes you. And I wanted everyone to know this truth and to receive this free gift that I finally got. I finally got this free gift of grace. And it felt like an incredible secret that a few people knew and everybody else needed to hear. That I had something that was just so life-giving that I wanted everybody to receive it. So then um, last week, Rohan mentioned about um, our character and perseverance and how our character develops over time. And he mentioned about being justified. The moment that we're saved, it's just as if we never sinned. Justified. But then we step into sanctification. Say sanctification. Oh, you're quiet today. You're quiet today. Um, So sanctification, this is a definition. It refers to the state or process of being set apart, made holy, like we talked about in dedication. Full of the Holy Spirit of God, a process of ongoing change. So sanctification, so when we get saved, it's just as if I never sinned, but sanctification is for the rest of our lives. It doesn't just happen at that moment. God can do things in that moment, but the walking out of the sanctification process is a journey. So we are being changed. So with that said about my character at this point of real excitement about the grace of God and how everybody needs to know, needs to know. I was in my clubbing era and I was very much enthusiastic and 
joyful and telling everybody in the clubs about God's grace. There was a little bit of flirt to convert. Um, It's how Rohan got saved. I'm joking. I'm joking. That was a girl on the bus. There was a girl on the bus, if you don't know Rohan's story, who was a little bit flirt to convert. But praise God, praise God, she was successful. Not in the flirting, but him getting saved. So we praise God for her. Anyway, so in my era of this excitement and loving grace and Jesus and telling everybody in the clubs, there was something that I was, it was a little bit skewed, okay? And where I got a bit skewed was I was saying, just do whatever you want to do as long as you ask for forgiveness afterwards. It's all good. It's amazing. God's grace is amazing. Just do whatever you want. It's amazing. So my character needed this process of sanctification. And then I read Romans 6, where it says, What can we say in the face of such wonderful love and grace? Shall we continue to sin so that God will be even more gracious to us? Certainly not. Oh, okay. Right. All right. So instead of me feeling condemned and feeling not good enough and all of that kind of stuff, I just received his love. And it's not about not being allowed to do things. That's what I realised. It's not that God is this mean God telling you can't do this and you can't do that. His love for me was so amazing that he said, it's not good for you. I love you so much. You're so precious. This isn't good for you. And then I really realised that it's not about not being allowed, but it's about knowing his love in relationship. So, Do we live always feeling condemned, never measuring up to God's standard? Or are we aware of our failures and thankful of God's grace? Because that's what makes us acceptable to God because of Jesus. The Bible is absolutely full of examples of God's grace and favour to man. The Old Testament shows God's chen. Say it. Chen. Favour in his sight. He looks upon them in favour. And some were because they were righteous by the law. Very few. We saw Noah. He found favour. Hen. No, I didn't get the throat then, sorry. Hen. Thank you. Um, he saw, God saw him as righteous and blameless. And so he was given a way out of the flood. He was given a way out. And his family. But everybody else was not, everybody else didn't measure up. Everybody else was not enough and not righteous and not blameless. 
they couldn't measure up. Also, there were people who didn't deserve it, but he gave favour anyway, like Jacob. He was not a person who deserved favour. And then in the New Testament, the most obvious is a prodigal son. Everybody heard the story of the prodigal son, right? The beautiful picture of this son who definitely, definitely, definitely doesn't deserve grace or favour. He came to his father in humility and a repentant heart. And he came and his father's arms were wide open. Like our father's arms are wide open to us in response to our approach. It's a beautiful picture of grace. So let's go to Titus. Um, Second Titus 11 to 14. And it says this. For the saving grace of God has appeared for all men. He teaches us to deny our fleshly desires and lusts so that we might live sober, upright and godly lives in this present time as we await the fulfilling of the great blessing for which we long when the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, is revealed. He who sacrificed himself on our behalf. So for, for us to help get this scripture in, I thought we'll just break it into three parts, okay? So, so we're going to look at what grace means in each part of this. So the next slide, please. Um, so we're looking at past, or sorry, down south, past. Is that right? Do you know what I'm saying, past? If I said that, would you not understand what I said? (laughs) My kids often go, what did you just say? And then I have to repeat it and they're like, wait, wait, wait. Then they call one of their brothers in to go, mommy just said this, she's Scottish. I'm not Scottish. (laughs) I have no idea why they think I'm Scottish. Anyway, so past. It feels so wrong. Anyway, um, so yeah, let's break this into three. So if we do this first part of that scripture, for the saving grace of God has appeared, has appeared for all men. So if we look at that first bit as our has happened in the past, his sacrifice was given for all mankind was done once and for all for all mankind his grace the undeserved favor and acceptance while we were still sinners it was free and given without earning we didn't need to earn it it was given he was given it was made available to us all And if you've never, ever received this free gift, then you can do that today. 
It's available because it's been done. He paid the price so that we can come into this place of forgiveness and freedom because of his amazing grace that while we were still sinners, we have been saved. The next slide, please. Oh, don't know what's happened to that one. This is Romans 5, 18. It says, Yet one act of righteousness, the sacrifice of God's perfect Son, has brought about more, more than acceptance. He has made his own life available to everyone who believes. So all we need to do is receive We move on to the next one. Let's see if this one, oh, that's better. So let's go to the next one. The middle one is present. So we've got past, he's done it once and for all. Now we've got present. This is right here, right now. Present. He teaches us to deny our fleshly desires and lusts so that we might live sober, upright and godly lives in this present time. And a years ago, a few years ago, that would have sent me running. Like I said at the beginning, it sent me running because I thought I was never going to be able to do it. I'll never be good enough. But we're learning about God's grace. His grace makes us able to. His grace covers us so that we can be taught. We can learn this process of sanctification that we're all in. I just want to share with you a little tool that will help us, or it's really helped me on this sanctification process of learning um, not my own understanding, but recognising God's love for us. And that's what leads us to repentance. And we know, um, and we recognise and acknowledge his, our need and dependence on him. So this is called the Jahari window. I might have spoken to a few about this. Has anybody heard of the Jahari window before? Oh, okay. It's a tool that is used to help with awareness and communication and all this kind of stuff. But I just wanted to go over, over this with you because it's a great tool to really acknowledge where we're at. Okay. So if you can see in the top, this is, this is a window. And the top left says open. Okay, so if we look at open for ourselves, this is what you can see about me, what I'm choosing to show you about me and what I'm choosing to tell you. You can see it, you can hear it, I'm telling you. It's the open window. And we know as believers, God wants us to be open, live in the light and be free. Okay, so then um, this blind spot are things that you might see about me that I can't see. Okay, so things that I'm not aware of, but you can see it. Okay, and then um, what can happen is the more I allow you to speak into that, 
the more my open window becomes, the more I see, the more I can acknowledge. Okay? And then the hidden. This hidden window is a tricky window because there's things that I'm choosing to hide. There's things that I, you will not see or you won't know because I've not allowed you to see it. Okay? So in this window is where a lot of shame, condemnation, a lot of guilt, embarrassment, all those wonderful things that are just not helpful at all. And this is a window that the enemy can use a lot in our lives, okay? So he can use this window to keep things hidden. Don't let them see. Don't show that you're scared. Don't show that you're um, angry because Christians can't be angry. Don't show that you're struggling with something. Don't show that secret sin that you are battling with, the too much alcohol in the evening or the, the issue or the struggle that you've got. The more we allow this hidden stuff to be brought out, the bigger the open window becomes. Then this last window, the unknown, I think is a really, really special window, okay? In this window, this is stuff that I don't know and you don't know, okay? So in this window, only God knows, it's a very, very special window. There's a scripture that says he knows how many hairs are on our head. You don't know that about me, and I don't know that about me. I'm not going to try to even count. So there are things about us that only God knows. He is our creator. And when we come to him and ask Show me why I do this. Show me why I react like this. Show me why I struggle with this. It brings more of the unknown out to the open. I don't know whether you've ever had this moment where um, we can be in Scripture and all of a sudden we get an answer or God shows us something and it's like, wow. Yes, now I get it, the light bulb moments. Or somebody says something and they go, oh, that's why. That's why I struggle. The more we allow God to show us that unknown, the more we grow, the more we recognise his love, the more we receive. We have to allow him to bring these things into the open. The beautiful thing is though, once God's shown us something, we can then take it into the hidden because we're either embarrassed or we don't want to show. So I encourage you that when God shows you something or reveals something to you, share it. Share the revelation, speak to somebody, be in relationship with somebody. The more open and honest and true, the more that open window gets bigger. 
psychologists and um, counsellors are in agreement the bigger the open window is, the more free, the more happy, the more fulfilled, the more the easier our life is. And that lines up with scripture. The truth is God wants us to live in the light. When we live in the light, there is freedom. So I encourage you, get a part of a group. Be honest, be open. Let's not come to church with masks on. I do, since we did the launch, the Culture of Grace back in October, we've had women's groups um, talking about things that you would never, ever normally talk about, sexual stuff, things that had gone on, things that you struggle with, things that you struggle with, anger or depression or food or whatever it might be. When we're in a place where we can share, honestly, we're not trying to hide anything. That is a place of freedom. That's what brings healing. That healing in community is so important. So I want to encourage you, next time there's an opportunity to sign up for Conquer the men's groups or um, the women's groups 101, which we'll be launching in a little um, few months. Or even just any small group. There are more small groups happening all the time. Be in relationship. Don't be isolated. Christians live every day by the grace of God. We receive forgiveness according to the riches of God's grace and grace drives our sanctification. This is a process of growth, of receiving his grace. We have to receive his grace to be able to do all of these things. The last part of this scripture is future. Is that on there? And it says, as we await in our future, the fulfilling of the great blessing for which we long when the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ, is revealed. So that is our promise. That is our future. That is what we've got to look forward to. We are waiting for Jesus' return where, where Christ is revealed and we step into that eternal promise and that is a wonderful future. Um, next slide, please. This is um, Romans 5.21 at the end of, at the end of um, Romans 5. And it says, Now grace reigns in us instead because of God's gift of acceptance that makes us able to receive the gift of eternal life made possible through Jesus Christ our Lord. So I want to ask you this morning, are we able to receive God's grace? Do you acknowledge God's grace? Are you able to receive God's grace for your life? Do you receive acceptance? That is a big one for people. Do you feel accepted by your Father? Um, the freedom course is happening at the moment. Who, who's on the freedom course? A few of you. Are you enjoying it? 
Yeah, it's good. This is um, something that I took from the Freedom Course. It says, freedom from shame comes by grace. Undeserved, unmerited favour and right belief in God and what he says about us. When we believe what God says about us and see ourselves as God sees us, then we can receive forgiveness and walk and talk with confidence. Who wants to walk and talk with confidence? The more we know him and what he says about us, the more we can walk and talk with confidence. Have we humbled ourselves in all areas, acknowledging our need for him, for his grace, his grace for everything that we're doing? So as a response this morning, I just felt in the spirit of openness. Now, some of you may not like this, some of you may love this, but I want you just to turn to the people around you, Or if you don't know anybody, even better, they don't know you. It's even better. But husbands and wives try not to turn to each other because they know you quite well. (laughs) Turn to the people around you and just want to share with somebody something that has challenged you or something that you feel God is saying to you this morning. Whether you're struggling with this sense of not being accepted or that you're struggling to receive grace right now. I just want you to take a moment and then we're going to just talk and we're going to pray together because this grace is available to all. This grace is not by what we do or what we've done, but it's a free gift that makes us acceptable. So you just want to Take a minute. Jesus, I just pray right now. I thank you, Lord, that you just bring your, those unknown things into the light where people bring things right now that they are trying to work through or challenged by. Father, I thank you for your grace right now that changes us that grows us, that helps us, that sets us free so that we can walk in your freedom and confidence. Thank you, Jesus, for your truth that sets us free. Thank you, Lord. So if you'd like to just take a minute just to talk and then we're going to pray. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.